There it is. It's Australia's third win in a World Cup finals match. A win of enormous courage and commitment. And it keeps them alive at the 2022 FIFA World Cup. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Very shortly we'll joined by Phil Buzz Rothfield. But um, a really interesting story in the Sunday talk. I'll get your views, Dean, and we'll ask Buzz very shortly. Um, apparently there are plans to review the state of origin elig- eligibility criteria. So potentially players like, like a Victor Radley, for example, or Jason Taumaloa could be eligible to play in origin. What do you think? Yeah, they're reviewing it right now, uh, right? Look, it's been contentious since 1980 when mm. origin started. It's one of those arguments we have every year. We never seem to find the right answer because there isn't a right answer. Mm. At the moment, if you're a Tier 1 nation, there's only three, uh, they can't play for Queensland or New South Wales, i.e. Victor Radley. If you're Tier 2, Samoa Tonga, among those, you can. Mm. Essentially, Ray, there was a push for Tonga and Samoa to become a Tier Tier 1 nation. But it's no benefit to be honest with you, it's actually a hindrance because then they potentially lose half their players to state of mm. origin. They're probably better off staying tier two at the moment and not being promoted. It's an interesting debate. I wonder what our next guest thinks. Phil Buzz ruffled on the line. Buzz, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Great topic, boys. Um, mm. I think state of origin now is much bigger than just um, an interstate game. I really do. And um, I applaud Peter Volandis and the Independent Commission, Wayne Pearce, for... Um, hopefully um, keeping it as is, status quo. Look, so do you, you don't want English players playing, though, do you, Buzz, or you do? Uh, no, not in, Look, Bulldog, I want players who played their first junior football and lived in Australia before 12 years of age to be able to play Origin. Okay. Isn't that the for existing example, rule, Buzz? For example. Yeah, exactly. Victor Rad. No, it's not an existing rule because Victor Radley can't play Origin at the moment because he chose a Tier 1 nation. So Victor Radley grew up from a five- or six-year-old and played rugby league for, the, I think, the Clavelli Crocodiles. He grew up wanting to play for New South Wales. His heroes back then were probably Laurie Daly, Brad Clyde, Ricky Stewart, those sort of players. Just because he chose to play for England, he lives here, he plays his football here, he was born here, he's entitled to play Origin. You know what? Where was Jerome Luai born? Brian Toho, Stephen Crichton. These boys, born, bred, raised, played all their footy in Australia. They're entitled to play State of Origin. And if they feel so strong about their heritage, which I actually think is a beautiful thing, they should go and play for their island nations. Mm. That's just my view, Doc. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I agree. Mm. I mean, it's a bit hard, isn't it, Buzz? Because there's not a heavy itinerary for international rugby league yeah. either. It's not like they're saying, okay, I won't play Origin, I'll play for Tonga or Samoa, but they might get one test every year or two. So you're punishing those Dog, players, was, aren't you? Yeah. Doc, I was out walking this morning with me a plug and I heard you talk about it. We've got a collective bargaining agreement, pay rises, club funding agreements going on. Equally as important, as you said, is for someone to sit down and come up with a tournament schedule, fixture, long-term for international football. Personally, 
I think the month of October each year should be set aside for International Rugby League. Maybe once every couple of years in the Northern Hemisphere and once and the rest of the years in Australia. I think it'd be great television product. I think the broadcasters would pay for it. You could have a four nation. I've spoken before about a Fafita Tamalolo Cup, a round robin, whatever it is, but we need more international football. Could you imagine Samoa Tonga in one or both of those nations over a certain amount of years, Buzz? Could you imagine Tonga v Samoa over there? It would be unbelievable passion. And the other thing I said is it's the coaching, and I spoke to Shane Flanagan about this PNG side that he was involved with, and they had a great World Cup. What's really important about it is for them to get more professional experience. There's so much wonderful talent in PNG, but unlike the Samoan, Tongan, uh, you know, lesser extent Fijian players, they don't get that professional experience and the, the high performance um, uh, aid that those other teams get. Mm. So I think, I think, dog, if, if we're serious about this and we take your about a proper schedule, you know what, in a dozen years' time, I think we're going to grow and grow and grow. And then mm. we can start working on France and then we can start working on the minnows who are so hopelessly outclassed at the World Cup, but let's get it up big time first. You can't just throw in Greece, Buzz, and, and, and Jamaica, Lebanon, Scotland, yeah, and say every four years, go out there and perform, and they get beaten 100 nil, we jump on their backs. Got no chance. You know? we, you know, we've got to keep nurturing and building th- in between the World Cups to make sure that when we do arrive at the big tournament, that they are essentially ready for high-level competition. Yeah, I, and there'll be a lot more to, uh, countries... You know, threatening Australia, which which we want. You know, mm. I sit down watching the Kangaroos, and I desperately want them to win each week. But I want to see a ball game. Yeah, yeah. I want to see someone take them to the line like the Kiwis did. The, the Kiwis have always been strong. It's these other nations that need yearly, annual footy. Yeah, and on the back of the World Cup, where uh, nations like Tonga and Samoa really emerge, it'd be. It'd be wrong now, wouldn't it, Buzz, to lose that opportunity to help those nations continue to develop on the back of that World Cup. Hey, Buzz, yeah, you had your... Ray, sorry? Look, it's, mm. it's typical of Peter Volandis, mate, mm. that these things we often put aside in the too hard basket and we we just let it roll on and roll on. But he knows the gut. He knows what the public want to see. He mm. saw the television ratings on Fox Sports at three in the morning mm. and he's acted on it which yep. is terrific. And I hope we get an outcome and it should, you know, they do a schedule every year, pop in October for next year. Well, the back end of that should be an, an October calendar as well. Wouldn't that be fantastic? It'd be great to have International Rugby League slotted in and you know it's there each and every season. Hey, Buzz, you did release your, your top 50 NRL players during the week um, for the day. Talk. It's something you do every year and I know every year it always courts controversy, etc. You had Nathan Cleary as your number one. We've had some listeners text in James Tedesco should be there, etc. Everyone's got yeah, an well, opinion. Everyone's got an opinion, Buzz. How do you sort of decide well, your your list and indeed your top five and ten players? Well the important thing is, Ray, it was over twelve months. It was mm. over the entire season. So the people who were suggesting Teddy, you know, the roosters went through a Rough period there for a while, and he probably wasn't at his best. But look, they, they lost Origin. Um, but, he, but look, look, James Tedesco is a champion fullback. Mm. Um, 
blokes like uh, Tom Turbo weren't included because they didn't play enough football or Ryan Pappenhaus and people like that. Um, I think Nathan Cleary's entitled to be number one because he won his second consecutive premiership at uh, Penrith. He he had a great first half and you know came into a came into a side that, where there were a lot of superstars in England. Didn't have a sensational tournament, but a good tournament and. I think he's one of the most exciting halfbacks I've seen since Thurston Johnson, and he's he's just turned 25, and anything could happen the next. Yeah. He, he could play till he's 35, like a lot of Cooper Cronks did. And, mm. uh, yeah, do you agree, Bulldogs? Yeah, what do you it's, think, Dino? It's yeah. different, a difficult assignment, Buzz, that you're throwing every yeah, year. I mean, you're comparing forwards to backs mm. to halfbacks to playmakers to fullbacks. Look, push come to shove, I would have gone. Cleary by a bees you know what from Joey Manu. Okay. Buzz and I spoke off air numerous yeah, times, yeah. and I, I did say I think Manu is just about the best now. But certainly, I can live with for, Nathan for Cleary for sheer consistency. Buzz Nathan yeah. Cleary. The yeah. interesting, I was talking to Joey Johns. I talked to a few people before I do the final top ten, and Joey said he photo finished, developed print, Tedesco, and um, Cleary. Wow, there you go. The, yeah. the interesting thing is, Ray, is I was so far away from the Daly M judges. Like the Daly M player of the year, Nico Hines, who I absolutely adore. He's just mm. a wonderful player. Um, but I had him at number 32 because I think there's a lot of halfbacks ahead of him. I had Liam Martin at number 12, and that was probably the most controversial, but I think he's the best edge forward in the game. Yeah, you know what it does, Buzz? It was a great what? read. Great you know what read. it does? It does exactly what we're doing right now. It brings yeah, up a lot of debate. Text from Ray and, and, and a lot of people talking about it. You know, folks it. like Ray are reading it and, you know, enjoying it. I, that's what I do it for. And, you know, what? I defy anyone to pick a list of 50 that all our listeners oh. here right now are going to agree with. Everyone's entitled an opinion, so I always say. And it was just a great read. And it was good to see Andrew Johns' take. You know what, Buzz? I was thinking of it. As I've read yours, and I thought I could do something on a similar nation to racing, and I'll, I'll run it past our boss, James Silver, and see if he is interested. Sorry, Dana. Buzz, one of your items today, too. I'm really interested to about this Channel 7. They won't hold back former coach mm. Justin Langer from interviewing Australian players in the first test against the Windies, given, of course, Langer and the players seem to be as far apart as possible uh, since Langer's podcast during the week where he had a crack at a number of players. Yeah, well, Langer's part of the contrary, uh, commentary team with Ricky Ponting, Matthew Hayden and, and some other very, very talented people. Um, but he's upset a few of the Australian cricket players by using that word cowards when uh, described... And I heard Zorba going off about that earlier and I, I tend to agree with him. But if you're paying millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars for television rights and it's there in black and white in your contract that you get a certain amount of access to the players, to speak to the commentary staff. I can understand Channel 7 standing firm here and it's probably a good story for them. It might help their ratings. It might, you know, people will tune in to see how frosty it is, I guess. Mm. No, I'm sure they will. But do you guys agree? I, oh, I actually 100%. love Alan Langer. Justin Langer, yeah. Justin Langer, I love him. And yeah. I, think, I think his treatment's been pretty damn ordinary. When you think of the circumstances he came into this cricket team in Sandpaper Gate, the lowest moment in cricket history, worse than anything we've experienced. And turned it all around, yeah. Sorry, Mm. yeah, Raymond, Mm. to to not only 
fix the culture, but to win cricket games and oh. I, I thought they treated him really, really crap. 100% agree. Won the Ashes, won the T20 World Cup, gets torpedoed. It's hard to work out. Speaking of ratings, I think Fox Sports are on a winner with Latrell Mitchell, Buzz. Yeah, look, and dog, I've been writing about Latrell and what his actual worth is. And they even put a $2 million figure on his potential annual income. And when I wrote that, it was never about his football wage, which I think will be about 1.2, 1.3 when he eventually signs at South. I'm talking about third parties. I'm talking about the Nikes. I'm talking about the Fox Sports. I'm talking about all these brands, um, where, where uh, him being a brand ambassador. Because let's face it, there is not a bigger superstar or a more colourful character in rugby league. And good on Steve Crawley. He recognises that. He signed him up for next year. Look, he'll be on the Maddie Johns show probably as a regular. I think he'll do a few commentary gigs. But look, when he accompanies South as his number one role. Mm. But Steve Crawley just wants to get him to learn the business. And he's very keen to, you know, you wouldn't mind being coached by Steve Crawley, would you? He, he's, he's brought some wonderful talent through there. And, yeah, so I think it's a really exciting thing because, personally, you look at his press conferences, Bulldog, he probably, what does he do one every three weeks at, at, at South? He, he stops the city. He commands every, attention, yeah. Yeah, everyone, mm. every TV camera, every journal there, you know, it's, I love the bloke, even though, you know, I've had my ups and downs with him. I, I really do, and I, I think it's a great thing because we can have all the ex-players in commentary, but a fresher, more modern, contemporary voice is always good. Buzz, you've written this morning in your What's the Buzz column in the Sunday Telegraph about Tim Sheen's meeting with Eels forward Nathan Brown. Gee, if they can get Brown, you throw in there David Clemmer, Isaiah Papali'i, uh, Appy Corusau and possibly John Bateman. You are talking about one formidable mm. back there at Concord. Yeah, you are. It's still going to be a job to mould them and, and build a build a really really solid unit. And, and dog, you talk about all these forwards. I'm worried about their backs. Me too. But mm. it helps, you know, having command in centre field. This but you know what, Buzz? If he can get a good forward pack there, it might take Luke Brooks to the next level, the level yeah. we've expected of him. Yeah, 100%. But this Nathan Brown story, they met at a cafe last Wednesday in North Strathfield. Jack, this is a week after Jackson Hastings, who was earmarked to play lock, signed with the Newcastle Knights, so they've got space for a, a, a middle forward. And look, I think Brad Arthur, you know, didn't give him a... Well, I know he didn't give him a great run, did he, with the Eels last year. Mm. We ended up bringing him in for the grand final. Nathan Brown has one year to go, but permission to negotiate. And look, I agree with you, it'd be a handy signing for the Excellent. West Tigers, but they do need a bit of more class in the back. As far. That, exactly. That's to make the finals. I understand. Just quickly, Buzz, I haven't even mentioned it yet. We're missing me. Um, texting last night. The Socceroos win over Tunisia 1-0 on the cusp of going through the next phase. All hinges on this game against Denmark Thursday morning. Your pump, Buzz? I'm really, really pumped, Ray. The only thing I was dirty with you last night, I was watching the game on delay. Or oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. So your goal 
point. Ruined it for all of us. Came in about 90 seconds before it actually happened. Sorry, mate. Yeah, that's all right. I blocked you after that. Oh, no, a bit like when you're watching what? the cricket and you go, wicket, and you send it to someone and some poor black's not watching the cricket or has no, gone well, on streaming, tape. That's a little bit behind. You know? <laughs> I, I, look, I've been the last two World Cups. I've been to Brazil. I've been to Russia. And, and it's a shame I'm not there now. But what I love about this side is there's no Tim Cale. There's no Harry Kuehl. There's no Mark Paduka, Lucas Neal. No sort of real world superstars. And instead, they've got a team of scrappers who really proudly and, and with a lot of class last night produced one of the great performances, mm. real underdog stuff, and I loved it. I yeah. really did. Great Aussie spirit. Can I text you through the Windy's Test Match buzz from Wednesday? No, just leave me out of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what if we get a get excited? What if someone done a hat trick or something? Can I text and say, Buzz, how well is he bowling? <laughs> Rings all <over>. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, Buzz, appreciate it as always. Have a great week, mate, and we'll, we'll talk next Sunday. On you. See you, Buzz.